everybody. Welcome back to the Bright and Scent Podcast. It's Destiny. And I'm Sydney. Um, and we exist to increase the border of your life's work by sending the light where it's needed most. Our, um, we have a business that does um, some aspects of our mission. And then this podcast and our YouTube channel is focused on spreading hope and building community online so with that being said we're gonna go ahead and get started all right today's topic is false teaching um Mm. (laughs) it's false teaching and um before we get started um with like my questions i'm gonna go ahead and read a verse um from jude um let me make sure i'm in the right area it's important, I think, in this discussion that we're about to have that we started off with scripture um, because yeah. there's a lot of things that are happening. And so it's important to understand, okay, what is our reference? Our reference is what the word says and what the word says to look out for. And so yeah, it's really important to approach anything you do from that lens. Exactly. So I'm going to read um, Jude. This is, oh God, what version of the Bible is this? I think it's the New Living Translation. What translation of scripture is this? We're going to go New Living Translation because I think (laughs) that's what it is. But anyway, um, so I have two scriptures I want to read. The first one is Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude. So uh, verse three, it says, Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share, but now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, Mm -hmm. saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only master and Lord, jesus christ so that's the first that's verses three through four and then i also want to read um matthew chapter 11 verse 27 and it says this is jesus talking um yeah this is jesus speaking probably talking to some pharisees about something (laughs) um Yeah, probably. Anyway, uh, Matthew 11, chapter 27 says, My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father, and no one truly knows the father except the son, and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So with those two scriptures, and there's many more that talk about false teaching and who can know the Lord and all these things. So with those two things, I want to ask the question, to you, Sydney, how do you go about your daily life and um, recognizing false teaching that's coming specifically in the church? Because, you know, if there's people outside the church, you know, we automatically know that it's it's a mess. But there's a lot of stuff happening within the body of Christ that, um, you know, Jude is talking or not Jude, but the book of Jude is warning us about. And, you know, even Christ warned us like, making sure, you know, only Jesus knows God and you can only know the father as he's revealed through Christ. And so things like that. And so how do you go about your daily life identifying false teaching? And then when you do identify it, how do you um, 
sift through it, or even not necessarily false teachings, but teachings you haven't heard before, revelations that are new? How do you go about identifying and measuring them to scripture? Yeah, I feel like in my own life, it has been, um, I think when it says, you know, in the last days, uh, you know, you'll hear false teachers who, you know, itching ears and who, um, in Matthew, it says, uh, who came in in sheep's clothing, but inwardly were ravenous wolves. Um, and it says in the end of that, you'll know them by their fruit. So I think what has helped me over the course of my life be able to recognize, because I mean, there was a, when I was in high school, there was a time where I was at the mall and I was just minding my business. And these two ladies had came up and since then it's happened again. And they were just, it was just funny to me when they did it again, but here in Texas, but back in Virginia in high school, these two ladies that came up to me, they had introduced themselves were so sweet and kind. Um, and just asked, you know, are you in a Bible study? Are you involved in a church? And at the time, you know, I, I had, my church had a Bible study. We had things going on, but I didn't really feel connected. Maybe like some of my friends were. So I entertained the conversation, um, sat down, started talking, and then soon to discover that, you know, now in retrospect, I understand more about their religion, but because it's not Christianity, but um, <laughs> right. their religion of uh, God, the mother and seeing God as, um, as, the, the, I think their interpretation of the spirit and the bride say come is this female version of God and how mm -hmm. it's like the spirit and the bride. And it's so crazy. I'm even thinking now, like, it's so crazy because so I had a conversation where I didn't know what to say. They were talking about how Sunday church is a sin and all this stuff. And I right. just had never heard of these things. And so I was really stunned, too stunned to speak, as they right. say. And um, I had no defense for my faith. So it really caused me to question a lot of stuff. But ultimately, at that time, I didn't feel like doing research. I didn't really care that much to, to figure it out. Right. Um, fast forward to college, I had a, a, a more stable understanding of, of scripture and theology and all these things just because of the environment I was in. Yeah. So we, so me and a friend actually sat down with someone who believed this and just talked through them, talked with them through their beliefs, what they believe and, and why they believe it. And that verse of the spirit and the bride say come was, was one of their reference verses when we all know now, like we're the bride of Christ that's said so many times in scripture. Um, and so the Holy spirit within us and then the bride of Christ are beckoning Jesus to return, which is just scripture, you know? So it, when you think about it and you actually know, and read the word yourself, you can realize, right. you know, some things are just easy to sift through and see that it's not true. Um, then you have other topics, you know, sexuality and, and gender and all these different things that aren't necessarily, they are clear, but there are nuances that make it difficult to reckon um, with, you know, because these are real realities people are living in right. versus just ideals of God the mother. This is like a real thing that I that I, I deal with every day. And so I think that areas like that um, have been more difficult for me personally to have to sift through, okay, this person is, is preaching Christ and Christ crucified, um, meaning what Christ did and why he did it, you know, he died to cover our sins. And so, um, and that's not just, you know, lying and taking stuff that's not ours. It's like <laughs> other things that are deeper, yeah. deep seated, deeply rooted things that, you know, he died for this. So why are we saying it's okay? Why are we permitting it? Why are we giving, you know, uh, overextending the grace that's given to us? 
um, in these areas when he literally died so he could be free of it. And um, so anyways, I think, um, but that, but like I said, that verse in Matthew, the end of it saying, you'll know them by their fruit. And so I think for, um, I, I, you know, we don't even have to conceptualize. We can just look at real examples. So I'd say recently I went to a worship night and the worship night was amazing. You know, it's this new church and they're having this, you know, worship night outside at this park area. And so we're going and we're, you know, they're going to have some celebrity worship leaders and, you know, I'm like, let's go. So why not? So we go to this like open park in downtown and we go and we're just listening to the music and it's good. You know, the music is truthful. Um, is it right. redundant? that's up for debate, but it's just, you know, right. good Christian music that you can't really, you know, debate. Cause it's just yeah. the basic Christian music that, you know, God is faithful. He'll do what he says, we'll do all that stuff. And so we had this whole worship night for like two hours. Mm-hmm. And then at the very tail end, the pastor comes up and he starts talking and, you know, just, and we're kind of the group that we were in, which is so, I think it's just the Lord maybe, I don't know, but the group that we were in, uh, we're packing up. We just like, oh, it's over. Let's pack up and head out. So we weren't paying attention, but we saw because it went viral on TikTok the next day. Mm-hmm. But this pastor went up and he's talking, you know, thanking everyone for coming, whatever. Then he starts. We're thinking he's giving like an invitation to know Christ, um, but he really is going up there and he's saying it's okay to live certain lifestyles. That they'll tell you this and they'll tell you that, but really, you know, the the to and deny. They- they is other churches, right? Other Christian people. Yes. Yeah. Like the, the majority is. of Christian yeah. Christendom will tell you that this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. This is a sin. This is the unforgivable sin, whatever he was saying. Right. But really it's not, you know, like to deny mm-hmm. someone to, to do what they want to do is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit because the Holy, you know, because love is the highest form and all this, just a bunch of nonsense. And so I think that is a clear depiction of Matthew where he says they come in like, you know, sheep, Um, you know, they, they want to love you. They want to, you know, coddle you. They're cute. They look good. They look Mm -hmm. really beautiful. It's all put together nicely. And then they're ravenous wolves that, you don't think that they're being ravenous wolves, but really they're, they are, they are trying to get at you, trying to get at your money, all this stuff, trying to get influence, which I think is so prevalent in today's society, especially in, in Christian, Christian, you know, in the kingdom, there's so many people who don't, who don't have the intention for you to be free, set, you know, set free, walking your purpose, you know, loving the Lord, loving people, their purpose is to be influential, to get lots of money, to be rich, to be famous. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of Christians sometimes are seeking um, or searching for hope, searching for. And so we kind of create a really vulnerable community for people to come in. Yeah. So anyways, thankfully, you know, having some sort of, you know, reading scripture saying, you know, them by their fruit. A lot of these mega churches and and very big pastors, the only fruit that you really see in their life is nice clothes and nice shoes Um, because they're out doing stuff. You know, they end up falling. They end up in sin. Um, Not to say that we're, you know, they're any less imperfect than I am or they they're any more. You know what I'm trying to say, but you know, we're all, we're all in need of, we're all in need of of Christ. But when you're doing it with your chest, that's different, (laughs) you know? And, and so 
anyways. And so I think that's been a way for me to understand people on that scale, but also people in my daily life, people who like to speak into, you know, prophesy over you, do all this stuff, give you advice. Okay. What's the fruit in your life? And if the fruit in your life is that God is, is on your life, he's blessing the things that you're doing, then, then it, it, I can kind of trust it a little bit more, but, um, my youth pastor at my, at my old church in Ohio used to always say like, I don't want to, I don't want to follow you if, or like, I only want to follow people who are successful at doing what I want to do. So a, a frost prophet, false teacher, you know, that's kind of like the, the, if that's your role, but there's a lot of people who give you false advice, who give you false wisdom. Um, yeah. and you know, they're telling you do X, Y, Z when, that clearly hasn't worked out for them. Um, and so I think a good way for us all to understand if something is true or not true is to look at the fruit. And that can be spiritually, that can be, you know, in your work. So if, if someone's trying to tell you to do something and clearly it's not working, you know, we can, a lot of things we see it in the natural and sometimes for some reason it doesn't translate to the spiritual, but it's, but you can see it in the natural and in the spiritual. Someone's telling you, you know, that, cause that's called, you know, insanity when you're doing the same thing, expecting different results. And so, um, yeah. And so I think that's for me, how I've, how yeah. I've been able to, uh, open my eyes. Now scripture does say pure in heart, see pure in heart. And so I don't, it's, it's believing the best about people wanting, um, you know, to go in, not with like this radar for like imperfection right. um, and like waiting for someone to slip up. That's not like the worship night. We approached it as like, okay, they want to glorify God. Let's go see, let's go worship with them. And, um, and because we were pure in heart, we do believe that Jesus received worship, at least from us, because we were with their, you know, had a pure heart to glorify him and the songs that we were singing and what we were what we were saying, we really meant it. And right. so the pure in heart, see the pure in heart. So not going into something so skeptical, but also understanding like when it comes to your door, how do I, how do I interact with this? When someone's telling me something or preaching something to me that they want me to believe and, and, and build my faith upon, you yeah. know, let me make sure this goes back to what scripture says. Um, what scripture says is true. What scripture says to look out for because all those verses would not be in the Bible if we weren't going to encounter them. So, and it says literally every single verse that mentions false teachers or beware and all this stuff, we need to beware because it's not going to come in some, you know, demonic, the devil descends and he tells you, believe this. It's going to look how we want it to look. It's going to look you know, attractive. It's going to look like something we would want for our lives. It's going to look like something that doesn't cause us to change. It's going to look like something that makes us feel more comfortable in yeah. whatever we're doing and not push us to Christ and push us to be better because our nature is to go away from Christ. It's not go to go toward. So we have to make a conscious decision and do things we don't want to do, believe things that are hard to believe and pursue, you know, pursue what the world is not pursuing in order to look more like Christ. And so sometimes that's enjoyable and sometimes that's freeing. Sometimes it's difficult and hard. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that's what, I think that's what it's looked like for me. Um, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. 
when you you talk a lot about fruit and you know the bible talks a lot about fruit uh-huh. what what is the fruit you're looking for in someone's life the fruit well the number one fruit is are people getting saved set free delivered turning away from their wicked ways and following after christ you know and going from glory to glory and faith to faith i think you know a lot of it's okay so here's another example i've just i've just seen a lot of things <laughs> seen a lot of things met a lot of people heard a lot of things and um and so it's really shaped <laughs> it's really helped shape you know and and build my faith and build and make me have to seek out things but um so there was a really a really big church that i love i love their music i've never been there um and a friend of mine used to live there where the church is and go to that church. So I was just talking to her. I was like, oh my gosh, I went to this church. You know, like the music's great. I listen to some of their sermons, all this stuff. And she was letting me know, like, it was not what it seemed, you know, like it, it had an appearance of being on fire because it was a big, successful looking church. Right. Uh, but like the, the discipleship wasn't there. People were just partying doing all this stuff, living these, like, it was like, it was like the culture to live this, like, maybe not overtly, but sinful life. Yeah. And then go to church and, you know, do the thing on Sunday. And then this is big, you know, event on Sunday. And then we go back to doing what we're doing. And so I think for me, a really big sign is, is the fruit of what you're preaching pushing people to change and to live for Christ and to die to themselves and to not look like the world. Um, and so it's hard because there's nothing wrong with having nice shoes. There's nothing wrong with having a nice car. Nothing's wrong with those things. But, but I think we are called to be set apart. We are called to look different. And so I think in a church setting, you know, with what you're preaching? Is it causing people to change? Is it causing people to turn from their ways? Is it causing, like, can I see the fruit of what you're doing in people's lives? Um, Or even if I'm talking to you and you're telling me to do something, or you're telling me I should be doing this and I should be doing that. Can I see the fruit of what you're saying in your own life? You know, so like, is what you're saying producing something, producing Mm -hmm. something that's, that wasn't there before. So I think that's what I can tell about you know, that kind of helps me identify good fruit versus bad fruit because, um, you know, like there's musicians and preachers and teachers and all that who will talk and talk and talk about all this stuff, but their life is completely contrary. There's no fruit there. There's no change there. Um, there's sin there that ends up coming to the light, um, over time. And so I think that's like a way that I, that I personally, you know, for sure. you can tell me all you want to tell me, but like, how's it working for you? You know, how has this showed up yeah. in your life? Or are you just saying this because you know, it's a good thing to say and all that stuff. So, yeah. 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 I think for me, um, something like, uh, the Lord has been working on me a lot is in this area of like identifying um, not necessarily identifying a false teacher and being like, I'm no longer going to listen to you, but identifying when things have been misinterpreted by myself 
and mm-hmm. by others. Um, so like the actual teaching or the, the theology, the idea itself. Um, and then recognizing if this is a pattern with an individual, I think that is when I, I'm able to be like, okay, so they're, they're out here just doing the thing intentionally yeah. because this is a pattern with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we're going to misinterpret things and to mm-hmm. think we're not um, in our own walk, that would just be ignorant because, you know, like you said, sanctification is a process. We're moving from faith to faith, from glory to glory. Like it's, it's a step-by-step. So like, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to be at level 100 when you first get saved, because there's so many foundational principles that you have to come to understand, to be able to build your house. You know, Christ talks about building a house on the rock and who's the rock. Like, he's the rock and he's the foundation and he's the cornerstone. And so if like, if you're not building everything on the personhood of Christ, right. The stuff that you put on top of, it's going to be slanted and it, it might, it might go up, but it's going to be tilted to the side and then rocks are going to, you know, stones are going to start falling off and the windows are going to crack and different things are going to happen. So, um, but anyway, I think ways that I identify or like, you know, like you, you mentioned, you didn't explicitly say this, but you inferred it that when you're listening to something or I'll talk for myself, when I'm listening to something, the first thing that I like, that kind of is an indication of whether or not, you know, this, this, this sounds questionable is if my flesh is excited. Um, and I think, you know, if my yeah. flesh is excited about what's being talked about, that should, not that, that you always feel like trash. But, but if everything is just feeding and making you feel good about yourself, right? If my flesh is rejoicing, like, I'm not saying if my, if my flesh is like depressed, like, you know, my flesh, every time I go to church, I should feel terrible about condemned. Like, no, (laughs) because there's no, you know, in Christ, there's now no condemnation, right? right? You know, there's deliverance and freedom and freedom does not mean freedom, liberty, and deliverance does not mean I'm free to continue to do what I was once doing. It means I'm free from the things that were holding that had me bound and I'm no longer. And when, what are the things that will have us bound sin? Um, and so like, I'm free from sin. I'm free from the need. I'm free from, um, the the aggressive desire not saying you won't be tempted more you're going to continue to be tempted but you're free from that almost that like that tethering you know the chains that hold you so it's not free to just do what i want it's i'm free to be in christ and be bound to him because you don't go i don't think you go from slave to free I, think I was just thinking slave, that. You go from slave to slave. Yeah, it's just you have a, a much, much, have a much better, better master, master that cares you much, for you, wants yeah. the best for you, you right. know? Right. And um, anyway, so um, if my flesh is rejoicing, not submitted, because I think, I don't think you're going to go to church every Sunday and feel condemned, but your flesh should be submitting to your spirit and your mm-hmm. spirit should be being built up. Um, and that doesn't mean that every message needs to be overtly encouraging because all of scripture is encouraging, you know, when you think about it, but there are parts of scripture that are harder to swallow, mm-hmm. but your spirit needs to come into alignment and your spirit will come into alignment with those things. And therefore your flesh should, your flesh should submit. You know, I was listening, um, I'm not going to identify the person either, but I was seeing clips 
of um, Easter services mm. <laughs> this past uh, week. And some of the things that I was seeing was an absolute mockery of the scriptures and um, of Jesus. And it was all like, um, I heard, I heard someone say, and this is the pastor of the church. He said, I went to the leadership and I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this, um, this presentation, you know, this Easter thing. And he said, I told my elders or whoever, whoever the church leadership was, he mm -hmm. was like, I said, we're going to do everything just shy of sin. That's what he said. He's like, everything we're going to do is going to be just shy of sin. Lord, I was us. like, Whew. I think I know who like, you're talking about. And yeah, I think someone else but, told me how demonic it was. And I was like, oh, I, my heart, Easter when Christ. I heard that, when I heard that my spirit was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, wow, wow, just shy, you know, and just thinking about that and thinking about like how much deception there is, because, you know, you were talking about the wolf and sheep's clothing and um, it just, it made me think about that, like, just like that it that it just shy like you're being intentional yeah. to be just shy of sin like uh, if you you're if you're having to shy. ask yourself like is am i is sinning it sin? if I, is it sin if i you're <laughs> yeah. asking the wrong question yeah and you you're asking the wrong stuff. yeah <laughs> but i was just i was just thinking about that but you know practical practical things like um, like i said when your flesh when your flesh gets excited about what's yeah. coming from your spiritual leadership wow. or if your flesh is excited by the you, you mentioned it doesn't even have to be like preachers pastors evangelists prophets it doesn't even have to be those people it could it be, could just your, be your friends anyone. your parents your boss if if the people who are identified themselves as christ followers and your flesh is getting excited and pumped up about the things that they're telling you that should be a flag right. um and then how do you go about how do you go about um I did, like you said, because you mentioned earlier, you were like, yeah, I remember when these God the Mother people came up to me and the first time it happened, I had no defense. I was confused. They were yeah. saying stuff. They had scripture references that I've read before and their interpretations seemed solid and they were logical and it was just very confusing and overwhelming. So when that happens, what do you do? Like, you got to go back to the word. And the reason I read Matthew eleven twenty seven was because it, it talks about you can only know the father, only the, only the son knows the father and only the father knows the son. Yeah. And you can only know the father if the son chooses to reveal him to you. Right. And I think it's important to make sure that everything, like I was talking about the foundation of your house, everything we do, everything we hear, we need to measure it against what Christ has said. And um, Christ, uh, measure it against God's word. Like, Jesus is the word of God. So Jesus is the Old Testament and he is the New Testament. Ten, I was re, I was listening to a teaching and they said 10% of what Jesus said in um, his three years of ministry that was recorded by the disciples, 10% of it was straight up from the Old Testament. Wow. Straight quotes from the Old Testament. And I think, you know, to think that, you know, the Old Testament isn't Christ, that's not true. The spirit behind all of scripture because John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, it's Jesus. 
And so making sure that we measure everything we hear that's slightly confusing and even new revelation that we didn't know before that's good, we, we need to go to scripture because you'll see it. God doesn't, I was listening to someone else talk about, you know, God doesn't reveal new ideas. He confirms what he's already said yes. in new ways or through new people or, you know, through, you know, through in, in a new voice, but it's not, it's not different literature, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to remember that and to keep that and to make note of that, like nothing you, nothing someone prophesies over you, nothing someone teaches you should not be found in scripture already. Yeah. It can just be communicated a little bit differently, maybe have, you know, some poetry to it, all these different things. But I think the biggest thing, you know, thinking about even myself, like I'm a very, I, I love studying. I love looking up the meanings of words, words, or I, I, I love words in general, just like learning new words and the, the deep meanings of words, where they're from. And I think the thing that's so cool about scripture is like the Hebrew language and, um, like every letter means something. Every letter means something. The word, I, I just found this out. The word for worship means, um, it has four meanings and it's one word, four meanings all the time. And throughout the Bible, they had to, they had to figure out which meaning they wanted to put in. Huh. So, um, in the translation of scripture, you know, to English, obviously. And so they had to look at context. To be able to say, okay, this is what the word is in Hebrew. It has four meanings. We got to pick <laughs> from the surrounding text, which meaning we want to insert. And actually some versions have different, they, they chose different interpretation or different translations of the same word. And I think it's worship. And it means, um, I think it means to serve, to worship, to love, and to be a slave to. I think are the four things. And so if you're talking about, you know, to love, it could mean to serve, to worship, to be a slave to, and to love. And it's just interesting, like, that you have those types of nuances in a word. And so you can read one verse, right? And you can go through, okay, if I read this and, it, and I read it as, you know, to love, that's a whole level of revelation. If I read it again and I studied it and I meditated upon it and it was to worship, that's another level of revelation. And then you read it as to be a slave to, that's another, you know, there's so many layers to it and it's exciting. Um, so I think something that is important for us to do, like a practical thing to do is to actually study scripture um, from not from the intellectual perspective, like only using your mind, but I do think it's important to make sure that when we have questions or whatever, that interpreting scripture and, you know, multiple layers of revelation, right? You have that top layer, then you've got deeper and deeper and deeper. And then those deeper revelations come over time. And, you know, that's why having a body of believers that are at different ages in the Lord and different ages in life are so important because you're going to, you're going to have a different view of a scripture when you're 40 years into your life, 40 years into being a believer, then when you first get started, you know, there's just so many layers and it's important to have all those people together because you can help, you know, grow each other up faster. And um, anyway, but just studying the scripture from an inquisitive perspective, 
um, is so important and to just measure everything to the word of God and um, that making sure that the word of God is always your primary source for all things that you believe. And it's important to do it while you have access to the word because there's going to come a time where we don't. Yeah. And you know, the Bible says you need to hide the word in your heart. You need to write it on the tablet of your heart, meaning you know it in your head because you've memorized it, but also you understand what it means. And the Lord has revealed things to you through the personhood of Christ, you know, through the Holy spirit. And it's in your heart that way when trials come and things come, he can bring it back to your remembrance and just all those things. And I think about, uh, I think about this uh, pod, uh, not podcast, but this uh, Instagram, I'll end with this, this Instagram live that um, Jackie Hill Perry did. So good. She just always be saying really good stuff, very real things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how transparent she is about where she's been and where she's at and how the Lord is convicting her and revealing things to her. I just, I really appreciate her and her husband's ministry that they do. But anyway, she was talking about Beyonce. And she was talking about discernment and how, um, I mean, she called a spade a spade. She said Beyonce is demonic. Like her, her music, her, her ministry, what she's putting out is demonic. And, um, you know, she's blatant about it. Like, and I think that's the thing about, um, specifically Beyonce, but there's, there's tons more examples. So if this triggers you, I'm sorry. If you listen to Beyonce, I apologize for hurting (laughs) your flesh, but I do not apologize for speaking the truth truth because it it is truth. But, you know, we all have to come to it. set you free from the clutches. Exactly. And we all have to come to it in our own time and at our own pace. So I'm not trying to condemn anybody who listens to it, but, you know. Anyway, she just started talking about, and the whole thing wasn't really about Beyonce, but she used Beyonce as an example because that was the example that the Lord had dealt with her in was Beyonce. And she just started talking about how there is such a lack of discernment in the church and um, we have to ask for it. You know, like we have to ask God for wisdom Yeah, and it's not, I mean, there's a certain level that comes when you get saved, right? Because the spirit enters your body, right? And it dwells within you. So obviously there's a certain level of discernment, right? That's automatically imparted to you. But we have our own spirit in addition to the spirit of the Lord living inside of us. And our spirit needs to be matured and it needs to grow and it needs to come into alignment with the spirit of God. And that takes time. You know, and it's important to ask the spirit and to ask Jesus to impart discernment, spiritual discernment into us. Um, And, you know, the Bible says test the spirits that, you know, you are and everyone. And like if you, you know, we all have a spirit. So everything you do, you need to if it's questionable or whatever makes your flesh feel good. You know, you need to test that spirit. You need to ask, is this is this the spirit of God or is this? just that person and then even more are they being it's another spirit right are is their you know human spirit being used by a spirit of the enemy you know and demonic activity and all these different things and just praying for discernment i mean solomon king solomon was what the richest person that's ever existed Mm -hmm. on the planet and he asked like what did god told him he's like i'll give you anything you want and he said, I want wisdom. 
That's, that's what he asked for. He asked for wisdom. And I think that's very telling. And he ended up being the most wealthy. Not that that, not that, that should be your goal. Like, because mm-hmm. it obviously wasn't his goal. He didn't ask for wealth. Like, he just was like, I want wisdom. And out of wisdom was an overflow of right. all these other earthly things, right? Now, granted, he had issues. He was obviously not wise when it came to women. But because um, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's got their thing. And he just, he didn't give it to God. Anyway, but. I just think it's really important. And if you haven't listened to that um, live that she did, I believe it's on her YouTube or it's still on her Instagram. You should watch it. Um, not to make you stop listening to Beyonce. I mean, I want you to. But um, mainly so you can have some teaching on understanding what discernment is and how to acquire discernment and to apply it to other things in your life, not just music, but everything. Um, including the teachings that you're hearing from pulpits, um, teachings from your friends, words of encouragement, all that stuff. But um, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? I think the only thing that I was thinking was um, just the fact that what the text says, what the Bible says will never mean something that it never represented. So I think another way that you can see if someone is, teaching falsely or preaching against the word of God is if what they're saying has never been demonstrated in scripture. Yeah. Because I think there's like this, there's, I mean, we even see it today. Like there's a need for representation. We all need to feel seen. We all need to feel like we are heard and that, um, you know, and so there's like, you see it in movies, you see it in TV, you see it in all these different ways where representation is so important. Um, and so, when you're looking at when someone's teaching something in the word, teaching something in the Bible, um, if it's never been seen in scripture, that's kind of a sign that maybe this isn't what God intended it to be. Because I don't know, I think we see so many different, we talk about women in leadership. There's examples for that. We talk about what marriage should look like. There's plenty of examples of that. We talk about the issues that, you know, arise from false teachers. He talks about that. He represents every single thing, everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness is found in the Bible. It's the most representative book for everyone. We see Gentiles, we see Jews, you know, there's all different cultures that are represented. So I think that's just a way as well, where you can, you can note like, if I can't see an example of this in scripture where it's done successfully, it's probably not, it's not God's intention. It's not what his design was because everything that he designed was in scripture. So that's all I have to say about that. That's also another sign. Um, Cause even at the worship night that I was going to, he was talking about things that, okay, it might feel good to your flesh, but Jesus never talked. He never represented, he talked against it in my opinion, but like different, different topics, like, it, you can you can't see it in the scripture done done correctly. You can mince words and all this, and people translate the Bible however they want to fit their lifestyle. Yeah. But but yeah, so that's all I have to say. If you can't see it in scripture done well or done successfully or played out in scripture, then it's not. Then maybe maybe that's like for a reason. So <laughs> yeah. it's 100% for a reason. <laughs> he's the most intentional person you could ever think of. So 
And so, the yeah. canon, the canon is, in, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the canon, there's books left out, there's all these different things. I encourage you to look up why the canon of scripture is what it is. Yeah. I, I encourage you because the Old Testament is not disputed. I mean, this is the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the prophets, the uh, minor prophets, major prophets, and um, the Psalms and all that stuff. It's not disputed, even amongst the Jewish faith, like you know, non-Messianic Jews. It's it's not a disputed group. So if you want to look at the New Testament canon and why it looks the way it looks, I encourage you to look into it. It'll only strengthen your faith. It'll only grow you. Um, so just knowing that the, the, the current canon that we have of the Bible is truly inspired by God and his his hand is all over it. And it's, it's a total account. It's a good account. Um, and the last thing I'll say is whenever you're measuring things, you have to measure it to the entire council of the Bible, not just one verse. Um, and not saying that one verse isn't good to meditate on because, you know, you have to do you can't eat an elephant at one time uh -huh. you have to take bites by bites. But when you're measuring an idea or you're looking at a, a doctrine or whatever, you need to look at the total council of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, multiple examples, not just one, because a lot of people, unfortunately, there are a lot of denominations that have taken one scripture that aligns with their idea and they've run with it when there are 10 other scriptures that do not say that scripture. And so then it looks like contradiction, but really it's not contradiction. They're, in, they're not looking at the spirit of the entire council on the topic. Uh -huh. um, they're looking at pieces and, um, when you don't have a full puzzle, you can't see the full picture. Yeah. You know, you need to make sure you put all the puzzle pieces together before you decide to run around and create doctrines and theologies off of ideas. But anyway, yeah. Good yeah, guys. So hopefully this, you know, wasn't, didn't make you feel great about, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it's definitely it's a topic. Yeah, it should practical. be encouraging. It should always be encouraging, um, yep. encouraging you to, to seek it out for yourself. So yeah. thanks guys for listening. I know this is kind of a longer podcast, but we can't wait to see you next week. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, and all of our information is in the show notes. Visit our website, our Instagram. And yeah, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.